0: Hello everyone, my name is Jeff. I'm the uh, college and young adult pastor here at Mission. Let's go ahead and, um, and read the scripture for today from Colossians three twenty three to 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So one third of your life you're going to spend asleep. Some of you are like, not in this heat, but on average, right? A third of your life you're going to spend at work. Give or take. That leaves a third of your life for everything else. So throw in there eating and School and spending time with the fam, hanging out with the boys, brunch with the girls, right? Watching your favorite shows, scrolling your phone. Or if you're a mission church member, praying, right? Studying scripture, serving at the church, volunteering at the local homeless shelter, and going to Honduras um, on a mission trip. And there's a lot that we can talk about all of those things, and I hope that at one point, we can have a sermon series on the theology of sleep. So I think that's that's very important. Um, Jesus slept. um, He slept through the storm, um, and we want to be like Jesus. So we love that. But today we're going to be talking about that other part, third of our life, which is work or labor. Roughly 90,000 hours of your lifetime on this side of eternity. Will be spent working. If you work only 40 hours a week, then you're spending about 2,000 hours a year at work. 80% of people continue working after they leave work for the day. 50% of people check their work email while they're still in bed in the morning. If that's to you, don't raise your hand. On average, people work an extra seven hours a week outside of the office um, or the workplace. And that's not including commute times, which if you travel the national average of 25 minutes one way, you're spending over 200 hours a year just commuting. So hopefully you're using that time wisely, listening to a good podcast and Anderson Park, or calling your mom in Arizona, right? And if you're a CHO or chief home officer or stay-home parent, you can pretty much just double all those hours of working time. Work is the single thing that you will spend most of your life doing. It's what takes up most of your time, your, your energy, your attention. So I'll ask you this. Do you think that what you spend half of your hours awake doing in your life matters to God? If God cares about you, all of you, the whole of who you are, then he must deeply care about what you do with the bulk of your time. And yet, few people actually connect their life with God with what they do for 90,000 hours of their life. This past spring, uh, we, we offered a, a class here at Mission um, on Wednesday nights. It was called the Missional Life Course. And I think it was very helpful uh, for those who, who were there to, to learn how we actively live into God's mission in the world with intentionality, with purpose. And in this course, we had some great conversations about the theology of work. And today I'm going to take some of those principles, along with some of my own reflection and thought, and talk about the stewardship of work as we continue in this series that we've been on, on stewardship. When we talk about work, there's several uh, ways to think about it, depending on each person's relationship to work. Some of you love what you do, what you get to do, and you see work as a gift from God. Others, maybe not so much. Maybe you see it simply as a way to pay the bills or unnecessary evil. Some people even as a curse. I have a question for you. In the Genesis creation story, was work part of a pre-fallen world or a post-fallen world? Before sin entered the world or after sin entered the world? What do you guys think? Pre, Anyone Post? Um, Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. So work was actually a central part of God's good purpose and intention for humanity. We were created to work and to serve God's creation and to care for God's creation. But we also know the story. After the fall... Work, which was meant to be a good and fulfilling thing in our lives, was also corrupted. Genesis 3:17 through 19. This is God speaking to the man and the woman. Curse is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until your until you return to the ground since from it you were taken for dust you are and to the dust you will return we read something like that it makes sense that we see the statistics on work satisfaction in our society a recent Gallup poll said that 80% of people are unhappy or disengaged from their work 44% of people experience high amounts of work stress on the daily basis Basis, We're currently in a burnout epidemic, great resignation, and a heartbreaking correlation with workaholism and high rates of divorce. As a society, we're deeply disillusioned with work, and yet we feel the need to work ourselves more and more even when we get less and less satisfaction from it. So some people view work as gift, others as a curse. But for most of us, probably the tension that we feel most pulled towards is to view work as idle. We put pressure on what we do, on our work, to give me my sense of identity, of purpose, of meaning in my life, in the world. Derek Thompson, in a recent article for The Atlantic, wrote, the decline of Traditional faith in America has coincided with an explosion of new atheisms. Some people worship beauty, some worship political identities, and others worship their children. But everybody worships something, and workism is among the most potent of the new religions, competing for congregants. One of the benefits of being a observant. Christian, Muslim, Zoroastrian, is that these God-fearing worshippers put their faith in an intangible and unfalsifiable uh, force of goodness. But work is tangible, and success is often falsified. To make either the, the centerpiece of one's life is to place one's esteem in the mercurial hands of the market. To be a workist is is to worship a God with firing power. How fragile a religion when you can be fired by a human. In the missional life, John Tyson lays out a a helpful framework of work, being able to view it as sacred. And he, he bases this on the Hebrew word for avodah or the, the Hebrew word for, for work, which is avodah. And the word has three central ideas to what it is. Uh, first of all is work, you know, labor, uh, worship, and service. So we see this concept of avodah used throughout scriptures, and it's mentioned 290 times in the Bible. Here are a few examples of how it is used differently. Uh, Exodus 34.21, the Ten Commandments. Six days you shall... Avodah, work. But on the seventh day, you shall rest. Exodus 8.1. This is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may Avodah, worship me. Joshua 24.15. But as for me and my household, we will Avodah, serve the Lord. So the scriptures tell a story of vocation, work worship and service and this is such a rich framework to be able to understand work in our lives let's take a look let's take a look at each one again colossians 3 as we look at worship whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the lord not for human masters it is the lord christ you are serving. This scripture, this text, disrupts the traditional hierarchies because it says your ultimate boss is not whoever is above you. What you do in the workplace is a sacrificial offering to God himself directly. Whatever you do, you have the capacity to honor, to worship God because you are doing it to and for him. So think about the early Christians of, the, uh, the, of this church who received the letter to the Colossians. Many of them were slaves, low-class workers, with no social status, no personal agency. But when they were able to understand that their true master was Jesus and that he would reward them directly, it changed everything for them. Have you ever heard of Kavana? Yeah, Jeff, I bought my car from them last year. No, not Carvana. It's a Jewish word. Kavana is a Jewish word that has to do with the power of holy intent. When we do our work for God, for his glory, we attribute worshipful meaning into everything that we do. Now, in, um, in my 21 years of life, I've had many jobs but I remember one specifically in, I'm 23, guys. I, I remember one specifically when I moved to, to San Diego 10 years ago. Um, I was in my early 20s. I, um, I worked at SeaWorld as a park host. Anyone done, done that job before? No, there's a lot of, how, how many of you have worked at SeaWorld at some point? Okay, um, there's a few of you here. Um, so I was a park host, which, which uh, was a, a, a trick label for the cleaning crew. <laughs> I didn't know that coming in. And uh, we would clean, and we would sweep and pick up people's masks. And I remember thinking um, one of those days, God, I am a Bible college graduate. I thought you called me into ministry, not to take out the trash at the shipwreck cafe." (laughs) And then it just hit me like a ton of bricks. How do you want to minister and serve people if you're not willing to serve the people in front of you right now? These, These families spending time together, bonding, making memories with their children. We're not able to serve wherever it is that I've placed you. Make sure that this place is clean and comfortable. And that day, my whole attitude of how I approached my work changed because I, I began to realize that what I did, no matter what it was, it mattered to God, no matter what I thought about it. And he wanted me to do it for him, to do it with excellence, and with gratitude. After that, um, I later became a SeaWorld narrator, which is where I um, perfected my public speaking skills. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to SeaWorld San Diego. We are so glad that you're here today. If you're new with us, would you just... I'm just kidding. (laughs) When we understand that everything we do, we can do as worship for God... It changes everything. Our motivation, the excellence, the audience for whom we do it, changes everything. This is Kavana, the power of holy intent. Now back to this idea of Avodah. Work, or a more holistic way of understanding it, vocation. So this This word vocation comes from the Latin vocatio. Um, It means calling. And in the scriptures, the, the concept of calling, first of all, has to do with our calling to follow Jesus. Our first and primary call is to Jesus, not to our job or to our career, but to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. But secondly, we're called to do all of our work as Ask discipleship to Jesus. Think about it. Jesus was a carpenter, or a better term, builder for most of his lifetime. So if you think about what what would Jesus do, what kind of work would he do if he came today? He would be a college young adult pastor, of course. Or a manager at Chick fil A, right? I'm kidding. He could be anything. He could be a construction worker. He could be a nurse. He could be an accountant, an engineer. He could do your job. Whatever it is that we do, we must view it as a central part of our discipleship to Jesus. Work is is where we spend the bulk of our time alive. So it is the primary environment where we work out our spiritual life, the environment of our spiritual formation. This is where we actually live out what we learn here. This is where the, the rubber meets the road. It's where we decide every day if we're going to pick up our cross and follow Jesus, if we're going to choose His truth over lies, Where we're going to respond to evil with good, I'm going to practice patience and offer grace and mercy, where we're going to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. That's what's going to happen, where we are. And thirdly, um, calling. We're called to play a unique role in the family of God and the flourishing of humanity. John Mark Comer talks about this in the Community of Contribution. In Christian theology, we believe that each One of us has a calling to what God created you to do. Our calling is not something we choose, but something that we discover. Many of us have the privilege, the opportunity, and the means to be able to discover what our vocation is. We take into account our gifts, our passions, seeing the needs around us being in a, a process of discernment through prayer, through community, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can discover what it is that God has called us to give our whole life to. And when we do, we have this deep sense of, of, of purpose and meaning and joy in the work that we get to do. That's beautiful. But if we're honest, not everyone will discover this and the reality is that most christians around the world um won't get the chance to because of lack of opportunity lack of resources and that's okay but with our privilege also comes the responsibility of not only living into our vocation and worshiping god and glorifying through our glorifying him through our work but also to work to extend this opportunity to as many people as possible through our generosity, through our service, the works of justice. So whether we we have or we lack the environment and the privilege to live out our unique calling, we are all called by God to follow Jesus and to honor God with whatever work we do. Avodah. We like that worship. We like that vocation. And now service, which means our vocation should serve and build others up. David Bruce Hetchman in his work Plowing with Hope says God cares not only about redeeming souls, but also about restoring his creation. He causes to be agents not only of his saving grace, but also of his common grace. Our job is not only to build up the church, but also to build a society to the glory of God. As agents of God's common grace, we are called to help sustain and renew his creation, to uphold the created institutions of family and society, to pursue science and scholarship, to create works of art and beauty, and to heal and help those suffering from the results of the fall. Our vocation can and should be in service to others. Serving the poor, contributing to the health and flourishing of our communities by participating in God's mission in the world through what we will spend most of our time alive doing. So when we think about work in this way, as an act of worship to God, a way to, to receive a deep sense of eternal purpose and meaning, created to do good works and a vision of serving others. Not only is, is it possible to bring the mission of God into the workplace, maybe the workplace is the central place that God's mission is extended to the world. Where are we going to practice the way of Jesus day in, day out in our life? In the workplace. Where are we going to encounter most of the people who need life with God? In the workplace. Where are we going to be able to push against the brokenness of the world? In the workplace. Work isn't secondary. It is central to God's mission in the world. Again, John Tyson says this, so often we can have such an emphasis on church ministry and church gifts that we don't have a theology of God's kingdom. We only have a theology of church programming. But most of the coming of the kingdom of God and his mission in the world will take place where his people are, where they spend most of their time, their life. And unless you're Beth or Heather or Paul it's not going to be here at church right the more we can do to have a theological understanding and a holy approach to what we do the more powerful the mission of god will be in the places where he sends us but here's the reality following jesus in the workplace is not and will not be easy no matter where you work no matter what you do there will be challenges corporate values HR programming, hierarchical structures, toxic work environments, your boss, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? So we need to ask ourselves, who is my true boss? Again, as we read in Colossians, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. We don't have time to, to really get into um, the this, this story, but I encourage you to go and read the story of Joseph in Genesis 37. Everywhere Joseph went, he kept his integrity and his allegiance to God, first and foremost. And although that didn't necessarily always end him in the, in the place where, where he would hope, he was thrown into a well, he was sold as a slave... He was in prison, and he kept his integrity. He kept his allegiance and his faithfulness to God. And ultimately, God rewarded him with true influence. And he played a central role in saving his family, his people, from starvation. Not only them, but many nations in that region were also saved because of the character and integrity of Joseph. Think about this question, and we talked about this a little bit with our college students this morning. If Jesus did your job in obscurity for 30 years, like he did his, how would he do it? What kind of employee would he be? I mean, the whole point of following Jesus is to become like Jesus. That's what a disciple is, learning from the teacher from the rabbi, from the master, to become more and more like him. So if, if Jesus did your job for 30 years, how would he do it? What kind of employee, what kind of boss would he be? What kind of teacher or accountant or salesperson or fill in the blank would he be? How much effort and excellence would he put into his work? What would he be willing to do and willing not to do? What ethical boundaries would he have? How would he respond to the challenges and difficulties of your job and your work environment? They're all different. How would he speak about others? How would he respond to this culture of criticism and complaining? How would he manage stress? How would his life pace and work balance look like? You would spend a third of your life working in some way or another, whether you're paid for it or you're not. You're working. As a follower of Jesus, it's absolutely crucial that we understand our work and our vocation as part of God's mission in the world and his purpose for your life. So as you go into work, hopefully not tomorrow, but to Tuesday, I know some of you had to work tomorrow, I'm sorry. But the hope is that you're able to begin to connect with what you do with who you are. Not to look to your work to give you identity and and value and purpose, but to look to your identity in Christ. Who you already are are in him as a child of God, as the disciple of Jesus. Corinthians says, as an ambassador of Christ, as a co-worker with God. That is the truth. That is who you are. And let that truth inform what you do and how you work and how what kind of student you are, not the other way around. Let's pray. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Lord, we receive these words, receive this truth, and we know that you are who we are working for, who we are glorifying, who we are honoring with everything we do, whether it be work in the workplace, in the office, at home, whatever that might look like for each one of us, that we would have an understanding that you not only care about our work, but you find it as central to our discipleship to you, that we would not separate the, the, the sacred and the secular the spiritual and the non-spiritual, but that everything that we do would come together as we learn to follow you wherever you've placed us. Thank you, God, that you can use each one of us to bring about healing and restoration and beauty into this world that desperately needs your love and your grace. I pray, God, that as we go from this place, that we would just receive what it is that you have for us, that we would be able to be intentional about what we do, how we work, and how we respond, Lord, to your calling to be agents of peace and reconciliation in the world around us. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your name.